One of the things that I've missed most this past month as we've uh, suspended in-person services is not hearing children on Sunday mornings, which is a funny thing because when, when things were normal, when we were all gathered together as, as we usually do, I would never hear the kids. You know, we, we'd have little, little noises here. I, I'd, I'd get parents apologizing to me after the service. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, just say, I don't know what got in them today. And honestly, I never, never even heard them. It just, it, I, I don't know how I was able to tune it out, but it just, I didn't, never even noticed. But now that we've had a, a, a mostly empty sanctuary for the last month, I've noticed it acutely. Um, I've noticed the absence of children's voices, which was what so, was so wonderful about last week with Christmas Eve, because we had children's voices again in our services. I could hear uh, James and Tripp and, uh, and Hope, and it was awesome. And our gospel text for today reminded me of something that happened uh, a little while ago. I don't remember exactly how long ago, uh, but it was with uh, Alex Stroh, one of our Ascension children. I see a couple nodding heads there. They already know what I'm going to mention. It was towards the end of the service, and I, I, I can't for the life of me remember what, what part of the service I, was, I said, or there was some response. And uh, we, we, it was said, and then there was a little bit of silence. And uh, after I heard the sweet little innocent voice saying, All done! <laughs> and of course, we all, we all laughed. And I absolutely loved it. It was so cute. It was so, so perfect. Um, and it was such a great example of why you bring children to church, why you bring them into worship, no matter what. You know, I, I don't care if they're loud or noisy, whatever. You bring them because they're paying attention. They're, they're taking it all in. Um, they're learning the contours of the worship service. Even if they're, it looks like they're not paying any attention whatsoever, they're, it's sinking in for them. So that's, that's a great reason why. But that's, that's a side note. Uh, how does this connect with today? Well, because uh, our, our gospel text gives us uh, this, the, t- the account of Simeon and where we get our nuctimidus, which is what we sing at the end of several of our service settings. Of course, on the day we have the nuctimidus in the text, we don't sing it at the end, but that's okay. We'll sing it next Sunday. But anyway, it's his announcement that we sing at the end of each service. The kind of signposts that we're, we're about done. And I didn't know that there was such a thing, that, that you actually sung this song during the service until I got to seminary. Because growing up, we never sang it. We never got into any of those settings. In fact, um, the only song that we ever sang at the end was, Thank the Lord. That was it. That was, that was our ending song. And that, so that's how I knew we were about done. And so I would be doing my little kid stuff. I'd be drawing or just kind of, you know, doing whatever. And as soon as I'd hear, thank the Lord and sing his praise, it's like, oh, all done. <laughs> Got to get my stuff ready because it, it's time to, uh, time to go. So many, many, many years later, I arrived at seminary and started attending my fieldwork church. And there was this new song that we were singing, the Nuc Dimittis, which is Latin for now dismiss, the first words that uh, Simeon says. And, and it was just this moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. That's a, that's a perfect end of service song. You know, it's, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. 
it's time to go have lunch. You know, it was like, yes, we're going, we're done, we're, we're heading out. <laughs> it just fits so well. I'm like, wow, it's almost like it was intended for that. So here we have Simeon today in our text. He's at the temple, and he encounters Jesus. So now he can go. Just like us, when we come to church, we encounter Jesus through his word and sacrament, and afterward we go home. So we sing the same song. It makes sense. But there's a little bit more going on with uh, what Simeon says. And what, what, go, what, what is happening here is taking place about 40 days after Jesus' birth. Because according to the law of Moses, uh, 40 days after giving birth to a male child, the mother would need to bring an offering to the temple for her purification, to uh, cleanse her of the ritual impurity that uh, is incurred in childbirth. And at the same time then, they conducted the ritual of presenting their firstborn son to the Lord. Uh, it was part of this process of your firstborn son would be dedicated to God, but then redeemed. You'd pay a, an offering to... It's this whole thing involving the Levites, and we don't really need to get into that today, but um, it was a whole thing, right? So that's what Mary, Joseph, and Jesus are doing at the temple that day. And then there's Simeon. And we don't know that much about him, only what Luke tells us. And he says he was righteous and devout. Okay? He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Okay? So he was waiting for the Messiah, longing for the Savior promised by God. And we also learned that the Holy Spirit had, had revealed to him that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Now because of that, we traditionally picture Simeon as an old man. Probably. But maybe he wasn't. We, we don't really know. Luke doesn't give us an age. Um, maybe the Holy Spirit just meant that he would see the Messiah in his lifetime at some point. But given the details that uh, Luke provides, that he's, he's, he's waiting, he's longing for, that he wouldn't see death, I mean, bringing that into the equation, it seems to point to the idea that he's advanced in age, that he's been waiting for a while. And it's just like, okay, Lord, how long? You know, time is... Time is running out here, and you said I would see him. So he's, he's been waiting. And this one particular day, the Holy Spirit comes to him and says, go to the temple. Today's the day. All right, cool. And you've got to appreciate the setting and what's going on here, because it's the temple, which is historically and religiously the dwelling place of God with his people, the place where the sacrifices were made to atone for sins. If, if there was any place that you could think of to receive consolation, it would be the temple. However, at this point in time, the temple is also a place for the money changers and greedy priests and Pharisees who, who bent religion to serve their own needs. So this place of consolation had become now a place of corruption. And everybody knew it. It wasn't a secret. <laughs> Simeon surely knew this. Uh, maybe a long time before that, the temple was uh, a place of consolation. But now, you know, it's, it just was different. But today was, some, was different. You would go to the temple to receive consolation because when the Holy Spirit tells you to go, you, you go. And he does. And so on this day, he sees exactly what he's been waiting for. God was true to his word. Simeon would see the Messiah. And he sees Jesus, and he takes him up in his arms, and he says what we all sing at the end of our service. Lord, 
Now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. He says, I have seen the face of salvation. Thank you, God. You've sent your grace to the entire world, not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles too. Praise be to God. Now I can depart in peace. But by in saying depart in peace, he doesn't mean now I can go home. He's saying, I can die now. I can die peacefully. Which puts an entirely new spin when we sing it at the end of our services. Because when we sing the Nuke Dimittis, we are echoing the same sentiment. We are saying, we're ready to die. Now, it's not like we're saying, we're, you know, bring it on right now. You know, like, hey, let's just do it. <laughs> but he's saying, or that rather we are saying, a, a joyful proclamation of what God has promised and now delivered and that we have received. Because like Simeon, we encounter Jesus here. We behold him through his word. We, we, we take him into our hands as the bread, his flesh, is given to us in communion. When, when we come up to, to the communion rails, you know, this is God's salvation literally in flesh and blood placed into our hands and then into our bodies. God's promise of redemption and salvation truly, physically, come to us in the Lord's Supper. And so now coming into the presence of our salvation, we're prepared for anything. Whatever might be going on in the world, whatever's going on in our lives, we are ready for it all. We can handle it. We can face it. Because we, like Simeon, are prepared to depart in peace. So when we sing these words at the end of our services, we're not saying we're ready to go home, but that you're ready to face even death once you walk outside these doors. That you are unafraid of anything that you might come up against because God's promises are absolutely certain. They've been delivered to you. His salvation is sure. His forgiveness is sure. His mercy and grace and peace and all of this stuff is sure because you have received it. You've literally held it in your hands. You've experienced it right here. You've seen it. You've, you've heard it. You've tasted it. His promises are real. And they have been delivered to you. They are yours. So thank the Lord and sing His praise. Tell everyone what He has done. Let everyone who seeks the Lord rejoice and proudly bear His name, for He recalls His promises and leads His people forth in joy with shouts of thanksgiving. Lord, let us now depart in peace according to Your Word. Amen.